I don't really feel that confident, so I just lean into it so far that it becomes this caricature that I'm playing. Today's episode was not recorded in quarantine. It's a interview that I recorded with Mira Mariah, who is the Brooklyn-based tattoo artist. You probably know her and love her. She's been featured in Elle and Nylon and Allure, and she's tattooed some of the most influential people that we all know. And Mira and I met on a panel a couple months ago. And I got there, we, we mentioned this in the episode briefly, but I arrived at the panel and I was just feeling a bit weird. Anastasia Garcia, who's done the podcast since then, was also on that panel and that's how we met. And I walk in and my dress is a little bit unzipped because I couldn't get it zipped. And Mira zips up my dress. She's so nurturing. She's so lovely. And turns out she is a mom and one of the coolest moms that I've ever met in my life. Probably the coolest mom. She's also articulate and smart and talented as an artist. And we have a very fascinating conversation. We go really in deep about social media, which I think that part of the conversation will be interesting for a lot of people listening. We talk about creativity, friendship, confidence, tattoos, her work, being a mom. This conversation made me so nostalgic for New York because we talk about New York and what it means to both of us and just felt really interesting and heavy to listen to and made me so nostalgic for that city that I love so much and I'm just thinking about so much right now. Ironically, this conversation was recorded months ago, but I was really sick. I got really, really sick in December when we recorded this. And um, I, I don't think it was the coronavirus, but you know, who knows at this point, but you know, it probably wasn't. I think it was a sinus infection, but I was very, very ill. But I think the interview turned out okay. And you'll get to hear that now. I love you. I'm so grateful that you're listening and I will speak to you at the end. Today's episode is brought to you by Hydrant. They create these flavored electrolyte packets that you mix directly into your water. Each rapid hydration mix has four essential electrolytes that your body needs, like sodium, potassium, magnesium, and zinc, and they really help you to hydrate quickly and apparently stay hydrated all day. And it's really cool. It's backed by research. This is this formula that was developed by Oxford scientists to provide perfectly balanced, efficient hydration, which is really cool. There's no synthetic colors or artificial sweeteners. I can be really bad at drinking water, you guys. And I I try to keep, you know, like a big jar by me, and especially while traveling, it's just been, it's been rough (laughs) to stay hydrated. 
So I've been keeping these packets close. I keep them in my bag and I pour them into my water and I love it. And it helps me to remember to drink more water and makes me honestly feel more hydrated. It's again, really great for traveling because you're up in the air and you're dehydrated. And they're also really great when you're sick. I've been using them ever since one of my friends gave me one to try when I was sick a couple months ago. And another thing that they're really cool about is they can help with hangovers and they say they're really transparent. Nothing on the market can be a hangover cure and they certainly don't pretend to be one. But that said, you know, alcohol dehydrates you because of the diuretic effect. So they said that some of their users have used hydrant to replace lost fluids and electrolytes. And so they'll take two packets before they go to sleep after a night or time of drinking. And they say that that really helps. I know some friends who will like have Pedialyte after drinking or you know, just drink a lot of water before bed. I heard once, like, for every glass of wine you have to have some water or something. Anyway, it could be useful. Take it or leave it. But definitely try out Hydrant, regardless of whether you're drinking or sick. It is really cool, and I love it. And Hydrant starts with just a dollar a packet for a 30-day supply, which is pretty cool. And you, for your first order, you can go to drinkhydrant.com and enter the promo code Let It Out at checkout. That's drinkhydrant.com and enter the promo code Let It Out for 25% off your first order. Again, that's drinkhydrant.com and enter the code Let It Out. Thank you so much for doing this. Of course. Thank you for having me. We met on a panel a couple weeks ago and I loved everything that you said. And I think that that panel was just very cozy. I feel like it was a really good group. And yeah, it was fun. When when I walked into the dressing room or greet the back room or whatever, I, I was feeling so insecure and I was just like, oh, is everyone going to be nice here? Like, what? who are I, Who are all these people? Like, you I didn't know You were only anyone. feeling insecure because your dress was literally unsecured. <laughs> so true. once we that's zipped true. you up, you were nice and good to go. Well, that's what I was going to say. You were so nice. You were like, let me let me zip you up. Do you have anyone at home who can unzip you? I'll unzip you before we leave. You were so <laughs> sweet. I mean, I'm a literal mom, so I'm the mom friend. You really, you really are. Um, anyway, I knew I wanted to talk to you more, so I'm glad we're we're getting this in. So let's start from the beginning. What were you like as a kid? And were you always artistic? Did you want to do something in art? Did, do you remember what you wanted to be when you grew up? Yeah, I actually think this is really funny. And my sister is in the room right now. Um, and she can attest to this. This room that we're in looks so much like my bedroom growing up that it's not pink, but like there was an easel and a sewing machine and all of these like things hung on the walls. I remember I had like a really specific Versace advertisement on my wall for a long time and kind of like early Marc Jacobs stuff ripped out of Teen Vogue. So I kind of have always been almost exactly as I am right now. And I almost feel like the more I get older and like really learn how I want to be, the more I become truer to the character I was at like 12 or 13, which is really dope. Mm, yeah. Yeah. It's like becoming better at being yourself. Yeah. You know, and be, as you become more secure. And I think that happens with age. I also deeply loved the internet when I was really young. I loved the internet. I had a Zynga and I had a MySpace, which I took so much care in making really beautiful. And I always wanted friends on the internet. I met my first girlfriend on the internet. Like, I just truly love the internet. So to grow up and like be this internet girl and to grow up and be this internet girl and 
be have this like wonderful office with my sewing machine and my easel and have all these friends and have this like girl cult. This is everything I ever wanted. So I feel really happy and really lucky. Yeah. Well, that's really cool. So your work isn't like anything else out there. What inspires you? All my friends. So you're sitting behind kind of this wall that is all of my artwork. And the girls that are there are like, you know, wearing flower crowns and martinis and face masks. And they're smoking and they're snuggling and they're queer. And they are representative of all of the women in my life. Mm. I love that. Thanks. There's really nothing better than being inspired by people and people that you love. Because then you feel close to them in your work. Yeah. I mean, a lot of times the prints on the sweatshirts and the prints that we sell and the even the images in my tattoos, and I, I don't really even know where the morality line of this is, are literally based off of women I know, be it photographs of them or just my memory of their faces. That's so cool. So before you were making merch, you were exclusively doing tattoos, right? Yeah. Can we talk a bit about that art form and like what it's like to know that you're creating art that will live on someone's body forever? Not forever till they die. Till they die. Other artwork lives forever. Right. Botticelli's Venus is like 400 years old. My artwork will never live to be 400 years old. That's really interesting. Yeah. I never thought of it that way. So it's not forever, but it is carried in a more day-to-day way. I think that as a culture, buying art, especially like After the invention of the television, buying art became less significant in regular people's lives. And then with the rise of tattoo culture, buying art became significant in regular people's lives because they got to interact with the art every day. Like before TV, people just had paintings and they were like, come, like, let's sit around and look at my painting or let's listen to the radio. And then after television and radio and all of that, people, you know, got more interested in that. And I think buying art became something that was for rich people. And then also, like, maybe we didn't really understand even why we wanted to do it to begin with. So going back, then we started being like, I'm going to cover my body in art. And also, as feminism rose and people wanted to reclaim their bodies, putting a piece of art that they selected that was from someone that they were interested in became cool and fun. So tattoos became cool and a cool way to make art and a cool way to reestablish art in people's lives. And I think it's really dope. I love tattooing. I like the way people either interact with it day to day or have them and ignore them. I have like 40 tattoos. I love getting tattoos. I love giving them. And that's the whole thing. Do you get, I'm assuming you probably get some emotional stories from people getting tattoos, maybe for something significant or a lost loved one. Do you, how do you compartmentalize the emotion that comes with working with someone in that way? Ah, uh, that's like a nice big question. Thank you for it. Tattoos don't need to mean anything if you don't want them to. And to some people, they're really transformative and I'm really honored to be brought into those situations. But I try to just be supportive. We have said publicly before and I feel comfortable saying it even though it sounds like a capitalistic nightmare, but we sell friendship. And it's my goal to treat every girl that walks through the door in the way that I hope that all of their girlfriends treat them. I try to just treat them as a friend and be supportive. I have a lot of experience with death and I'm really comfortable with death. Sometimes my comfort with death can be complicated because I don't really feel that saddened by death itself, only by like loss. So 
I try to be empathetic. Yeah. And that's that's friendship, you know, is empathy. Yeah. Really. So we're here on a day where you guys just launched new sweatshirts. Yes. You're doing so much all the time. I'm curious how you stay organized. How you, what are your tips for organization and being as prolific as you are, getting as much as you can done? I have two assistants that are paid money. Who are here right now. Who are here right now. (laughs) Isabella, who is my biological sister and also my housemate and life partner and co-parent and so many other significant things in my life who I could not survive without. And Brooklyn, who is my best friend and not my roommate, but like I wish she was. And just like a really significant part of my life. And she's also my assistant who makes sure that emails get answered. I'm dyslexic. Answering emails is not easy for me. Organization itself is not easy for me. I write a lot of lists and I ask them to tell me what to do in a day. I also, I appreciate the narrative that's out right now about like taking rest and like being good to your body and self-care. My self-care means going to parties and spending time with people. Um, so that is how I rest and there's not a lot of rest and we often work 15 hours a day. Mm-hmm. I, I wish that I could like give this message that like you can do it by like setting boundaries and all of that stuff, but that that's not my reality. Yeah. Yeah. Me neither. <laughs> and it's fun sometimes. I love my work. It means bringing the baby to work. It means having two assistants. It means taking Ubers a lot more than I would want to environmentally. It means working from home. It means working from my bed. It means like so many different things and relying on so many different people and asking for help in so many different ways and never feeling guilty about that. Yeah. Talk about the sweatshirts a little bit and when you decided to make merch. Sure. I decided to make merch last spring. I drew a devil that I adore because I love to think of myself as a devil woman. And we made sweatshirts. Originally, we priced them like not even far from cost, thinking that 10 people would order them and it would be like our gift to the Girls New York. This was kind of before we used the terminology Girls New York. So we made a few thinking maybe 10 people would buy them and they were really successful and they were really exciting. We made them as a comfort item. Mm-hmm. I'm, you know, disabled and I deal with chronic pain and like an oversized sweatshirt is like the most comfortable totally. thing for me. Yeah. And I'm good friends with someone who always wore these oversized sweatshirts and I was like, okay, like can I make something cool with that? So we made those. They ended up being like so successful that we were in no way prepared to like deal with that. Mm. So sweatshirts were late and like there was a huge learning curve. I did not realize that I was opening up a clothing business at the time. So things were shipped out of my apartment and like in boxes and I was like Ubering things and it worked out and it, and we ended up figuring it out. Then we did another iteration where we only made 30 because I was like, well, everyone already has a sweatshirt. They're not going to want more. And then we did another one recently where we were like, okay, we're going to do a pre-order and really figure out how many people would order if they could order infinitely. But even that, like, because it was pre-ordered and they're handmade here in Brooklyn, we couldn't get them out in the two weeks that we thought we could. And, like, it took longer. So now, (laughs) here we are. Learning. Learning. Like, just learning and, like, hoping that our fan base and our clients understand that we want to do the best we can for them. So now there is no pre-order. You're sitting in a room with 300 sweatshirts and we'll see what happens. (laughs) Like hopefully people buy them. Um, They're very cool. Thanks. Brooklyn, do you know how many have been bought? They've been live for like 
half an hour? 64. Wow. 64 so in half cool. an hour, which is really exciting. That's so cool. Wow, that's very cool. Thanks. Okay. We were on this panel together and we were talking about social media. And you said to me, you were like, I really like Instagram and I am really good at it. And I, and you were so confident about it and you are so good at it. And it's such a beautiful platform for you. Can you talk about social media and your relationship to it, your advice about it? Sure. Yeah, let's talk about it. Because I am bombarded with the message that social media is bad for everyone's mental health and it's making everyone feel jealous and bad. And I do not relate at all to that that dialogue. I love the internet. The internet makes me feel seen. The internet makes me feel like there are other girls out there who feel what I feel. The internet makes me remember that there are other girls out there who have feelings that I will never experience, and I need to be careful of those feelings. The internet is my education, and it is a blessing to us all. And I think that people can be so self-absorbed that they they get frustrated when the internet isn't about them. Mm that they end up deciding it's bad for everyone's mental health. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah, it does make sense. But it's not. It's amazing. So my advice to you is to make your Instagram feed as diverse as humanly possible. Yeah, you're going to feel bad about yourself if you're following 10 Russian ballerinas (laughs) who have all, like, you know, head-to-toe Gucci and weigh 90 pounds. And they're always on vacation. That You can follow a few of those. I love following them because they're also bad bitches, and that's amazing, and I'm interested in ballet, and that's really fun. But you also need to be following fat women. You need to be following women of color. You need to be following a variety of women of color. You need to be following so many different kinds of people because there are so many different kinds of people. You need to be following disabled people who talk about their disability, and you need to be following disabled people who don't talk about their disability. They're just like, I'm disabled, and I'm chilling on vacation, and we don't need to talk about the fact I'm disabled. We're just going to talk about how fucking fly I look. (laughs) So that's like very important to me. And it's really important to me that we recognize that people who have never been able to have their voices heard have been able to have their voices heard through the internet. So it's not a bad thing. And when we call it a bad thing, we're kind of like talking about our own feelings rather than like what it's been able to do for people. It's power. Yeah. If Instagram takes the likes down, I will be furious. Yeah, I remember you saying that in the because I I thought I, as I think a lot of people are like, oh, that's a good thing. Until I heard you and Anastasia talking about it, and I was like, oh, that makes so much sense. I I just hadn't thought about it that way. I really learned from you guys. Oh, thanks. I think it feels. I think when we're like all about feelings, it seems like it's a good idea. But when we remember that women have been able to have their voices heard when they've been copied inappropriately by things like Urban Outfitters and stuff, the likes have been what got that through. Diet Prada has been amazing for artists who've been ripped off. I think if the if I can like throw some recommendations out there, you should 100% be following Ashley Chubby Bunny. She's amazing and she does call outs really, really well. And she talks about why it's important for us to understand the complexities behind ASOS and the complexities behind Lizzo's styling in, what was it, Elle magazine? Yeah. But I think that we need to definitely take into consideration that we give each other voices and that likes are power and likes fight the algorithm. And the only people who don't do well with likes 
not the only, but the people who really are struggling with likes and the reason that they're taking down the likes are because major corporations like Target can't get engagement because no one wants to engage with Target. Right, right. Yeah. I think what I was saying about this when we were talking about it is I will post one thing and then post another thing and post a third thing that are all like about the same, but the likes are super different. And that gets me into my head of like, oh my God, is this one not as good? Is it like, and they were like pretty much the same sort of thing. And so that, that piece for, for me, I, I just thought of it from a selfish perspective of like, oh, seems pretty good until I realized this whole broader conversation. Yeah. And I appreciate that, that it can be complicated, but if it makes you feel better, sometimes I get 2,000 likes. Sometimes I get 50,000 likes. Sometimes I think I've gotten like 150,000 likes or more. Right. That's everybody experiences that just at different scales. Yeah. But there's days like I'm like, I can't post anything this week that gets likes. And I don't know why it is. And I don't, it's, it's nothing. Right. The answer doesn't exist. Right. You it's just don't let it bother you. Kind of. Yeah. And if it's like bumming me out, I just step away from it a little bit. Yeah. What is your greatest advice on creating on social media? Create like there is no social media. Mm. Post like it means nothing. I'll post my best work at 11.30 at night mm-hmm. in the moment. Yeah. I do it really instinctually, and it's very, very rarely calculated. Um, I've had to start becoming more calculated with the merchandise that we're selling because it's like you have to, right? Like I can't drop a product at 3 a.m. Mm-hmm. But other than that, like if I'm drawing something and I really like what I'm drawing and I can't resist sharing it, I'll share it. And then I'll draw another one and share it two hours later. I don't think about what my grid looks like kind of at all. It's not that patternistic. That's so cool. It's really just when I feel like doing it. That makes so much sense too because like that's how it was designed and that's how I used it, you know, 10 years ago when I started, it was just like a fun thing I enjoyed. And it's it's the overthinking and it's the thinking about an audience and it's thinking about connecting it to work or connecting it to all of these things that like that's when it goes awry. And that's when it was designed to be this fun thing. Yeah. And then it's when it when it started, like work wasn't even a part of it. Yeah, for sure. That's why I think it's just like fun. It's friendship. It's right. joy. I really like the way you handle Instagram. And I like the way I can, when I can tell you're being looser with it and you're just like posting a photo of Carrie Bradshaw and ranting about how much you like talking on the phone. Yeah. That was you, right? Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Thanks. That was like, yeah, that's what I want to see on the internet. And I think that, you know, going back to Ashley Chubby Bunny, Ashley Triple, not Ashley Chubby Bunny, but that's her Instagram name. And I keep wanting to say it so that people follow her. Uh I love the way she posts. She treats her Instagram like a Finsta. Mm -hmm. And I think that's amazing. For people with bigger followings, I do have a Finsta. And I'll, like, test things out a little bit on there, especially when I want to, like, push a boundary. Recently, I posted a text message I actually sent to someone. Did you see it? Mm. Okay. Can I read it to you? Yeah, please. I was really proud of myself for saying this to someone, and I posted it on my Finsta first, and I was like, I'm going to just see how this, like, goes. Yeah. You know, and, like, I'm not sure if this is, like, really pushing my Instagram too far because I am saying this to 190,000 people. Yeah. Um, but I texted someone, I am no longer so starved for love. I need to entertain your scraps between or during your other relationships. So good. So well said. And it's a real text message I sent to a real person. 
who would then see that and our mutual friends would then see that. And I understood the gravity of that. Yeah. Um, so I wasn't sure I was going to post it on my real Instagram and I posted it on my Finsta for like three hours. And then I was like, you know what? I'm just going to do it because maybe someone else can use this. And it was like a pretty, you know, that's like the most planning I'll do. That's so cool. And first of all, so well said. How was that taken? Thank you. Um, it was basically ignored and continued with a like, but like, could we hang out? Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> so it didn't really work. It was basically like, they were like, okay, but I really want to see you. And I was like, no. But think about all the people that now have been inspired by that. <laughs> yeah, I feel good. I stand by it. That's very cool. So you seem very confident. Have you always been that way? And what's your advice on confidence? I hear that a lot. It's really not true. Yeah? Yeah. <laughs> I'm just excited. Yeah? I'm not confident. That's an interesting distinction then because I guess confidence and excitement are like a similar outside look. Yeah, I'm happy. Yeah. And I'm excited and I'm joyful. Yeah. And I'm friendly. Mm -hmm. But like… You're a human. You have insecurities. And yeah. <laughs> oh my God. I wish I wish so many things were different. But this is what I, I think. I think I just like accept that I can't change it. Mm. This is what I look like. And this is how I am. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. And you seem to really like yourself in your, in your life. Which is like that alone creates happiness and, and yeah. helps you. You're, you're, I feel like we can be more productive when we like ourselves. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. I think that if you're having trouble liking yourself, I think you need to, you need to surround yourself with things you like. Mm. Like so much about my life is like surrounding myself with things I like. I have a daughter. She's five yeah. and I love her. And I bought her, um, like the classic Malibu Barbie with like the striped bathing suit. Mm -hmm. I love her. And I don't know if you know, but that's really rare and hard to find. And I found it in like a vintage toy wow. shop. Wow. And it's super cool. And then my daughter took the doll and I took off her bathing suit one day to change her into a new outfit. We uh -huh. were playing and she drew nipples and underarm hair on the doll. And it's like this vintage toy mm -hmm. that's like <laughs> worth a lot of money. And I was like about to freak out. And then I realized like, no, like Margot saw this doll and knew that women have nipples and underarm hair. So cool. And added that and like she made it her own and that's super chill. And the idea of like cutting up a $300 sweatshirt or scribbling on a doll, that attitude applied to your life, mm -hmm. I think will help you. Yeah. Like make it your own. It's yeah. yours. Oh, I really like that. Yeah. That's a really good um, cohesive like life advice, you know, like – the more you can make things that feel like the inside of your brain or feel like you, that's what's attractive to people, you know? And that's what will make your life more fun for you. Yeah. I love getting dressed. Yeah. it's a, Everything is a deliberate decision. Yeah. That's also very cool. What is your greatest lesson on motherhood? What has being a mother taught you? Everything. I had my daughter at 22 years old. I don't really know what life was without having a daughter because I've just always had young people surrounding me. Um, my sister is 10 years younger than me. So I've always had like just a young person, a young girl, a young femme to join me in my life journey, which I love. And I think is really cool. 
I adore Bargo. I think that my biggest lesson with her was realizing that, like, I'm just kind of here. I'm just kind of present for her. And that's really it. I attempt to teach her empathy, but, like, you know, the brain actually can't really develop empathy till much later in life. So we try to just be gentle to her and teach her to be gentle to others. And she's taught me so much about patience and love and friendship. And she's, like, really powerful, cool person. Mm, I love that. She sounds so cool every time you talk about her. I love – like, she's she is very cool. What's your favorite part of your life right now? My favorite part of my life is the morning. I wake up in the morning. Um, my daughter is always in my bed by the time I wake up. And I get dressed. Well, not I don't get dressed. I don't get dressed. I put my leg on and I instruct her to put her uniform on. I make breakfast for my daughter. I walk my Pomeranians and I sit at my vanity and put on my makeup. And it's just my favorite part of my life. And my sister's there. And it's like my sister, my daughter, my Pomeranians, breakfast, which is my favorite meal. What do you eat for breakfast usually? Eggs. We always eat some variation on eggs. I love to make eggs. What is? What are your evening routines? I always ask people about morning and evening routines. So you covered the morning. What are the like the last few things you do before you go to sleep? It's not the self care thing you want to hear. <laughs> do you want like the truth? Yeah. Okay, great. I. Whew, this is gonna be fun. I get super stoned and I watch this like basically telenovela called Rain about oh, I Queen think you were Mary telling of me Scots. About this. And I draw on my tablet while watching TV, really stoned and eating a bunch of snacks with my sister under like seven blankets until I'm so tired that I have to hop into my bed. That is very self-care. I think something not self-care would be like working or like... But I am working because I'm on my tablet. But you love your work. I do. I love it. I just mean like, I know it's supposed to be like, I jade roll my face and I brush my hair. Like I don't. I think self-care, like you said, with going to parties, I think self-care is anything that feels good to you. So that's if I'm home or I go to a party. Yeah. And it's a 50-50 on either or. Yeah. I love all of that. What is, what's your favorite snack food? Haribos. What are those? They're oh, gummy bears? Oh, I just, yeah, I guess I like have never read the word. I just think gummy bears. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but not gummy bears. It has to be this kind. Really? Okay. It has to be the Haribo kind. Gummy bears popcorn, coffee, cups of fruit. That's literally all I eat is <laughs> eggs, gummy bears, cups of fruit, coffee, grilled cheese. That's all, that's all. That covers all the bases. Yeah. Mixed vegetables. I love mixed vegetables. <laughs> and disco broccoli is my favorite dinner. What is disco broccoli? <laughs> <laughs> broccoli uh-huh. that I fry in a pan with garlic and truffle oil and a lot of salt. And you made this term up? Yeah. This is, you heard it here first, exclusive. <laughs> and burn the broccoli. Oh, ama- I love burn broccoli. Me too. Yeah. Like just fry it until you set off the house alarm and then it's done. Yeah. And that is my favorite meal. I love that. Let's talk a little bit about New York. New York is your home and it's... Um, my husband. <laughs> and part of your work. Tell tell me about like your relationship to this city and how you decided to bleed it into your identity of your work. Okay. You just got off the subway, right? Uh-huh. 
And you look so cool right now. Can I describe your outfit? Uh, sure, but so I'm so she's sick. She's wearing like amazing jeans and like boots with socks that match, which is really rare. Like this beautiful sweater Wait, with bubble you. sleeves. And it has like this little like frilly sleeve coming out the bottom and this frilly turtleneck and a hat that is the exact color as the sweater and just kind of like a beautiful like glowing face. And she's sick, but like no one looks like this when she's sick. Oh my God, it I is love you. life's greatest pleasure to ride the subway and see what the girls are wearing or to walk down the street and see what the girls are wearing or to like sit outside and see what the girls are wearing while they're smoking outside of bars. I just, I love living here because I want to see what the girls are wearing. And this is the place where you really get to see it. And they're all dressed and they all have these magnificent coats and hair clips and sunglasses and like headphones. And I just feel so lucky to live here where all the girls are getting dressed every day. Wow. That's, I love that so much. Yeah. That's why I live here. That's why I love it. And I love how grimy and dirty New York is. And I love how all of our bar bathrooms look exactly the same. (laughs) And I love that in one night you can go to a beautiful hotel and drink $30 champagne glasses and then leave and go have like a $6 beer and shot and not even have like left the block. Yeah. I love New York so much. Yeah. Oh, it's really cool. What's your, what's like a favorite place in New York? Washington Square Park is one of my favorite places. Um, my daughter calls it Spiderweb Park. Um, I really love the original Welcome to the Johnsons on Rivington. Mm. I really love the Hoxton in Brooklyn. Um, I love, like, I just like it there. I like Soho House. I like, once a year I have champagne and cake at the plaza. I love that. Yeah. I love all of it. Like, I love Bergdorf's. I love the Bloomingdale's in Soho. Like, I love Meg on 9th Street. I love the Lower East Side. Yeah, you're you're making me nostalgic for New York, but we're here right now. <laughs> I think that's what's so magical about this city is that you can be nostalgic for it and be in it. Yeah. And yeah, it's really cool. Do you have a favorite piece of art that you've made or tattoo that you've done? Or My favorite piece of art is behind you, and it is a woman weeping in front of the David. Um, and I drew it actually on a good friend of mine's couch. And I was in love with someone and I drew this piece of art and then I'm not in love with them anymore, but this piece of art felt like that. And it was like really cool. It was the first time I had made art from being in love in years and it was so exciting. That's beautiful. You talked about something on the panel I just thought of right now that I really liked and I wanted to have you like say again, which was that you, you lean and maybe you can help me like articulate this, but you were like, I lean into things that I'm not good at. And I make that my work. You, do you remember what you were yeah. saying about that? Well, I think that comes back to your confident question. Yeah. Like I don't really feel that confident. So I just lean into it so far that it becomes this caricature that I'm playing. Yeah. And I like lean, you know, I'm, wasn't a very strong illustrator for a long time and I just leaned into like scribbling so intensely that it became its own style Mm -hmm. and even in my tattoo work like I'm not very good at like drawing a straight line I can't do it so I lean into the fact that there's never going to be a straight line in any of my pieces till it becomes like a part of the a part of the art that's really cool and a really great lesson for every part of life yeah yeah I love that we always talk about God, spirituality, what do you think happens when we die? Where are you with that? What do you think happens? 
Well, I'm a Catholic. I also grew up Catholic, Catholic school. I didn't grow up Catholic. Uh-huh. I, well, I did grow up Catholic, but I think that like a lot of times when I tell people I'm Catholic, they reply with, I'm also a recovering Catholic yeah. or I love recovering Catholics. And, and I, I feel it's very important to correct that, that yeah. I'm not, I am a Catholic now. Yeah. Not like was a Catholic or grew up Catholic. I'm, I am Catholic in this moment as well. Yeah. Cool. What yeah. Does, so what does that, what does your like faith mean to you today? It's just, just is. Mm-hmm. It's kind of, you know, I, I think that this can get messy, especially with like the complications of being Catholic, mm-hmm. but my faith is a part of me. And I think it's very reflected in my work with yeah. how often I draw saints and how often I modernize yeah. the saints. And I think a lot of that has to do with reminding everyone that like indulgence is sinful, but we're forgiven for our sins and we're like allowed to indulge because we are humans. And I think a lot of Catholicism is so indulgent. and romanticized and I I love that because so much of my life is romanticized and so much of my survival depended on the romanticizing of my life and self and friends and everything but yeah I, I remain Catholic and follow that I did this weekend see Kanye West's opera Mary um, in Miami and it was incredible and like you know I'd wanted to go to Sunday service for a while and see what he was up to I understand that Kanye West is not a Catholic he's a Christian um, but to me you know like he lo- I do think he seems to love God, and I was curious about his work, and it was beautiful. Mm, that's cool. Does it comfort you, um, like, having that as part of your life? Like, when you're overwhelmed or stressed or um, fearful, like, what—this is, like, a separate question. doesn't have to necessarily connect, but, like, what do you do when you're feeling sad? How do you pivot? I think, though, that is actually a much more concrete answer— and the spirituality is beautiful, but in my moments of sadness or hardship or lostness, I lean on things that are tangible. I call my mom. I call my grandma. Uh, my sister lives with me. We sit together a lot of the time. We beautify our home. I play with Margot. I think that's a more tangible answer. Yeah. We always talk about um, body image on this on this show too. What do you, I usually frame this question as like, what do you do when you're having a bad body image day or like not feeling great about yourself or if that happens or where are you with, with body image now? Is there, you have great style. So is that something that helps you with, with body image or where, yeah, like, where do you go when you we're talking pivot. about before? I just lean, I lean so far. If I'm having a bad body day and my sister can also to attest to this because I did it this morning, I take a selfie and indulge in how fat I am. And I don't like when people are like, no, you're not. Like, no, I'm technically like a size 10 or a 12. Like, it's, I buy my pants. I know. I'm tall, so I don't think it always, like, looks the way people expect that size to look. Or maybe it does. I really don't know. But, yeah, like, if I feel ugly, I just lean into it so hard. I wear the most wild outfit. I mean, when I met you, I think I was wearing four different kinds of animal print. I think leaning into it and extravagance. This is like where Catholicism comes in, right? Where Catholicism is about sacrifice and scarcity and Jesus and then leans into that by being entirely rooms full of gold and indulgence and velvet. So apply that. Yeah, I love that. What are you most curious about right now? Johnny Cash. Yeah? I just got back from Nashville and I went to the Johnny Cash Museum and he had all of these 
really romantic letters to June and Valentine's. And he had this beautiful velvet heart box with a ribbon on it. And it said, to June, my love, my life for life, Mm. dash Johnny Cash. Like not, you know, Johnny, like what I imagine she intimately called him. Like Yeah. Oh, wow. I love that. Greatest lesson on family. Family is everything. This this is like where the Catholicism comes in. Mm-hmm. Um, family is everything. Family is life and and thread. And you can 100% choose that family. That family can be what you're born into. It can be what you choose. That's really entirely up to you. But family is life. Mm, greatest lesson on friendship. Also life. Mm. Friendship is everything. Friendship, family, those are the, the centers of my life. Yeah. I love that. Okay. Second la- to last question. This is just a way to recommend things. So favorite music these can be like all-time favorites or things you're loving right now so book music podcast food tv show movie great i just saw chick mirror and it really 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 horrified me in the most incredible way and you should absolutely read it it was incredible and life-changing and all at once not kind of just like life accepting loved it it will hurt your feelings I adore Doja Cat. I think she's so fun and sexy and exciting. I also like Mahalia, um, who I tattooed recently. I also think that the Sweetener album from Ariana Grande was incredible. Uh, Movie, I will always go back to Breakfast at Tiffany's as problematic as it is. Um, But I also really liked Someone Great with Gina Rodriguez. What was the other one? TV show. TV show, I already said, Rain, which I really like. My t- my taste in television is like so bad. Wait, actually, Working Moms was the only representation I've ever seen of what my experience of motherhood has actually been like, despite the fact that I don't have any other mom friends. Um, they're all just like tired and trying and high and excited and doing the best they can and like kind of a shit show, but not like in the way that I think I've seen so many movies be like, oh, she's a shit show mom because she's 10 minutes late. Like, no, like a real shit show. Like really what the hell is going on in this genuine way that I was like, thank you for this show that I needed so badly. Um, So that was really cool. Stod clothing is sick. I really like wearing it. Oh, yeah. S-T-A-U-D. I've been really enjoying that. Also, people you should be following on Instagram. Actual Black Mermaid, The Slum Flower, Florence Given, Ashley Chubby Bunny, Nicolette Mason, of course, because she's amazing and incredible and interesting. Um, Christina Caradonna, Trollrouge, um, T-R-O-P-R-O-U-G-E, because <laughs> it's French, and I know that's really hard, because um, it's really hard for me. Makeup artists like Yui, Vision, and Kitty Jane Hughes, um, please follow all these people, because they are amazing. So many good ones. Okay, cool. Did I squeeze you for all your juice? Was there anything else you wish I would have asked about that I didn't? Anything else you want to talk about that you never get to talk about? Um, can I ask you a question? Yeah. Tell me about the love of your life. Oh, God. Um, Wow. (laughs) Well, I had like a hard breakup this year. So I think right now the love of my life is my friends. And um, that feels really good. That's what I'm most excited right now about. And I really saw people in a different way this year, which was really cool. That's exciting. I know. I mean, honestly, I know that this, like I talked about myself so much, but there were so many things you said that were so exciting a lot about people recording their worries and their spirals and you talking them through it. I just like really admired that so much and thought so much about that and thought so much about you talking about giving and talking on the phone and and sharing and you're a very giving and cool person and I cannot wait to read your book. 
That's so sweet. Okay, so the name of this podcast is Let It Out, so we always end by letting out a deep breath together. You ready? Mm -hmm. Okay, inhale. This is going to be hard for me today. Exhale. (sighs) I'm like barely do it. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me while even while I was sick. Oh, thank you so much. Okay, that was my episode with Mira. I hope that you enjoyed it as much as I did. And if you are still listening all the way at the end, I'm not going to fully do likes and learns today. If you're new to this podcast, I usually share something I'm liking and something that I'm learning. I will share one thing I'm liking, which is this tea that I forgot about how much I loved it. It's called Beauty Mate. I'll link it in the show notes email. If you want to get an email with the show notes and letters for me, it's called the Let It Out Letter where I share links around the internet and things that I'm into. I'll put the link in the show notes and I would love for you to be part of that community. And I'll send you the link to this tea that I'm liking. And as far as what I'm learning, I will just refer to my episode of my other podcast, the co-hosted project with Serena Wolf spiraling because we're putting out a new episode tomorrow. So you'll hear more about where I am mental health wise, anxiety wise, and depression-wise in that episode that's coming out tomorrow if you're listening to this the day it came out and it will be out on the spiraling feed if not. I love you. I'm so grateful that you're listening and I have a lot of new things that I've been working on in quarantine that I'm really excited for you guys to see. So keep in touch on social media, keep in touch on the internet. We have a Facebook group for listeners that I would love for you to be part of and the emoji for this week's episode to let us know you're listening all the way to the very end is the bow. It's the pink bow. I felt like that just suited the vibe of this episode. And if you want to connect with me and with Mira, who is Girl New York on Instagram, tag us both. Let us know that you're listening all the way to the end by sending us that emoji. Today's episode is brought to you by Hydrant. They create these flavored electrolyte packets that you mix directly into your water. Each rapid hydration mix has four essential electrolytes that your body needs, like sodium, potassium, magnesium, and zinc, and they really help you to hydrate quickly and apparently stay hydrated all day. And it's really cool. It's backed by research. This is this formula that was developed by Oxford scientists to provide perfectly balanced, efficient hydration, which is really cool. There's no synthetic colors or artificial sweeteners. I can be really bad at drinking water, you guys. And I I try to keep, you know, like a big jar by me. And especially while traveling, it's just been, it's been rough (laughs) to stay hydrated. So I've been keeping these packets close. I keep them in my bag and I pour them into my water and I love it. And it helps me to remember to drink more water and makes me honestly feel more hydrated. It's again, really great for traveling because you're up in the air and you're dehydrated. And they're also really great when you're sick. I've been using them ever since one of my friends gave me one to try when I was sick a couple months ago. And another thing that they're really cool about is they can help with hangovers and they say they're really transparent. Nothing on the market can be a hangover cure and they certainly don't pretend to be one. But that said, you know, alcohol dehydrates you because of the diuretic effect. So they said that some of their users have used hydrant to replace lost fluids and electrolytes. And so they'll take two packets before they go to sleep after a night or time of drinking. And they say that that really helps. I know some friends who will like have Pedialyte after drinking or you know, just drink a lot of water before bed. I heard once like for every glass of wine you have to have some water. So anyway, it could be useful. Take it or leave it, but definitely try out 
hydrant, regardless of whether you're drinking or sick. It is really cool and I love it. And hydrant starts with just a dollar a packet for a 30 day supply, which is pretty cool. And you, for your first order, you can go to drinkhydrant.com and enter the promo code let it out at checkout. That's drinkhydrant.com and enter the promo code let it out for 25% off your first order. Again, that's drinkhydrant.com and enter the code let it out. I can't wait to talk to you more. I love you so much. I hope you're doing okay. I hope you're cozy. I hope you're social distancing and I will talk to you really soon.